It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. We absolutely want you to be involved, as a matter of fact. And we do have one more hour to go here talking more NFL football. We'll still be talking about other things, too including this thing that's going to happen out at River Spirit. We're going to hear, uh, I want to tell you about a big guest coming up this afternoon with Pop and Colby right here on the show on the Blitz 1170. Uh, my only irritation there is I should have thought of it first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's really, it, this no, it's good for everybody, and this is good for the, the station. It is, absolutely. There's no question about that. It's a great get by Pop. Now, he's got a great relationship out there, too, because he and Colby do shows out there, and that – uh, so he knows a lot of the folks out there, which is cool. And I, I hope some of the other stuff, I don't even know what I can and can't talk about because there's been a lot of stuff that I've just kind of heard through the grapevine, and I don't know how much of it is true or not. And and from some people here and from some people outside of here, uh, there's some things that I really hope are going to happen out there, uh, that really, really, really hope are going to happen out there. But we know what's going to happen to begin with. It's going to be really cool getting to that here in a moment. Uh, he's Bryce Sauls. I'm Rick Corey. Thanks again to Paul Mayfield. Bixby Girls Wrestling for being on. You know, so many of the, the girls wrestling programs in, in the area, I mentioned Broken Arrow Union, of course, Bixby, Sand Springs, you name it, go on and on, are really good. Oh, yeah. You know, we've got some nationally ranked in Broken Arrow and Edmund North and, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't think Bixby's far away as they go and they win those, you know, they, they beat Edmund North earlier in the year and really tied in this one but lose on that you know, if you it goes down to you know A B S he said yeah. A B C D whatever, uh, and that's uh, that, that's those are moments you learn from. But man, you talk about really fun. That's really cool. I, I mentioned there was a, a record set over the weekend, and I wanted to get into this a little bit. Um, it turns out that the um, the game between San Francisco and Green Bay was an absolute record. The Saturday primetime divisional game was on Fox. It had the most watched Saturday telecast on any United States network since the 94 Olympics. So we're talking almost 30 years ago. 37.5 million average viewers. 37.5 million average viewers. And you uh, nudge right up against a 30-year-old record. They think it'll also be the most watched Saturday NFL divisional game on record. Certainly the most watched Saturday telecast in Fox's 37 years. And it's up, get this, 31% from last year's game that was in the same situation. Yeah. So we're talking about a ridiculous number of people watching it is, I mean, what the NFL has just continued to do when it take when it comes to viewers and interest is just ridiculous. Well, and if you think, you know, that that could happen, I think that you would automatically assume that the Cowboys would be in the position <laughs> against the 49ers because yeah. of how many eyeballs the Cowboys bring, sure. you know? And so it's for Green Bay to be in that position and a lot of people really just counting Green Bay out mm-hmm. and they still break that record for that viewership and obviously it ended up being, you know, as good as advertised or as good as, you know, ended up being for viewership as a, in terms of a game. I think that's really impressive because a lot of us assume, oh, with the Cowboys out, you know, it's it's not it's going to flop a little bit more than that. Well, if you also consider Green Bay is the smallest market in, in football. So yeah. when, anytime we start talking about markets, 
You know, oh, well, mm. well, they deliver this market. You know, when you get Arizona State, well, they deliver Phoenix and, and that area. No, they don't. Yeah. They deliver the people who care about them. And, yeah, it's one of the – it's the seventh largest TV market in America. That helps because there are eyes. Green Bay is the smallest market, yet that many people watch, and it proves that the interest goes outside that. Now, the NFL, it is different because there are fans everywhere. You know, there's yeah. a watch party for Steelers fans here. There's a watch party for Packers fans here in every game. And I don't know, there are probably other teams that have that too. So we understand that that goes, you know, goes around, the, around the country. I told my wife last uh, over the weekend when we were watching it, I would like to have a camera on Scott File and, Ma- and, pa- and Jeremy Poplin. Scott's the biggest Green yeah. Bay fan I've met, and I don't know, I've never met a Niners fan as rabid as Jeremy. So to have just individual cameras on those two, it would have even been more fun to have them in the same room. Yeah. And then have individual cameras on them, and then one big wide shot, because you might need it at the end of the day. Mm. It'd be a fun <laughs> uh, streaming idea, yeah, right? Yeah, it would, it would be. That'd be a nice blitz show. Have them up here and kind of do what Coach's Cabana used to do. Because you can't, you know, you, you just sit here and you know the game's going on and have them comment consistently and uh, be ready on the old dump button. Because I mm. think that would be fun as could be. Those two dudes, but what they are is proof that outside those markets, there are a lot of people who are very passionate about their teams, and the NFL sure. shows that. They show it more than any other league. They show it more than baseball. They show it more than college football. They show it more than basketball. You name it. They show more than that. That is a remarkable number. And again... Anytime someone tells you, ah, it's just sports. Yeah. It's what everybody's doing. Yeah. It's at least it's what they were doing on Saturday. And I mean, I'm I'm right there with them. I watched every play. I watched every play of every game when I wasn't either taking care of something for Lindsay or going to and from the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, literally <laughs> it's priority. That was it. Otherwise, I don't know. I mean, I I I do at halftime occasionally I'll switch around. And, you know, watch I did watch some college basketball in between. There wasn't a lot of time. But I did watch some of that. I only I didn't get much of Oklahoma State. I got a little bit of Oklahoma. I got a few minutes of Tulsa, and at that point is when SMU was just bombing from three and just and just it was starting to pull away an awful lot. But it, but it's it's in those games other than Houston and the Ravens, they always felt like every moment, every play was about to change the game, didn't it? Yeah, it definitely did. And I, I think that it uh, when people joke about the script writers for NFL this season, that it was um, not really meeting quite expectations for over the course of the regular season, but it, it ended up meeting it big time so far in the postseason. Yeah, when we talk about parity, parity, in my opinion, stinks. I hate eight and eight teams, you know, twelve and four and then and then four and twelve and then eight and eight. And I had a lot of those eight and eight teams. I don't like that personally. I kinda like it when you're either good or you're bad and you're left to your own designs, if you will, to do it. I'm not a huge parody fan. And, you you know, in the early, you know, in the Super Wild card, you saw some blowouts. And then you saw Ravens-Houston, and I thought, man, I hope it's not like this all weekend. And then it wasn't. Because yeah, there are teams with similar records, right, yeah, coming up. Yeah, so. yeah and, you know, and, and in, Houston, in that Houston game, even when the Ravens were playing close, they never felt like they were in danger. Never, yeah. ever felt like Houston had an opportunity offensively to get enough together to win that game. They did something that really has been difficult this year. They made C.J. Stroud look a little uncomfortable. And I mean, he just didn't look certain and secure, which all right, it's hard to do because the Ravens defensively, the Ravens and the Niners defensively, I'd have a hard time picking who I think's best. And mm-hmm. statistically, you could probably go to Pro Football Focus, and you could find a way to make both of them the best. Yeah, you know, you could find some kind of a stat. But when you look at them realistically on the field, outside the numbers, who do you think's better? I mean, can you pick a better defense than those two? 
And you want to look at like key components, maybe from, you know, how they are in the trenches with guys like, you know, Nick Bosa and Chase Young and how much of a difference that makes. But overall, I mean, I, I feel like both of them have pretty similar defensive backfields um, and be able to stop guys through the air, but also apply the same pressure. But I think in terms of the 49ers, a little bit more names stick out, I feel like, especially when you look at the defensive line. They they do, but they don't, I mean, pressure-wise, the Ravens get there too. Yeah, yeah, that's and, the thing. And, they, and when they bring, when the Ravens bring a blitz, holy cow. When they when they get after it on a blitz, mm. I would not want to be the person back there. It's, you might as well be standing back there when somebody yells free beer. I mean, it's <laughs> oof. and and they and they overwhelm people at times, and so do the Niners. Right. You know, and of course, I mean, you know, just Bosa alone. I mean, he's he's such a handful by himself. Do you see him post game when somebody asked him if he was going to have a beer? I didn't, I didn't see the quote. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you want to hear it, and I think this is safe. Let's make sure. So Nick Bosa is standing up at the, uh, you know, at the podium. Someone says, "Hey, you know what? You're gonna go celebrate with a beer." Beer doesn't doesn't really do it for me. Maybe something else. Maybe something else. Yeah. He said, "You know, beer doesn't do much for me, but maybe something else." And then he just walked off the podium. He might dropped and walked away. Some whiskey flavored diet coke I, or something. You know, who knows what he's talking about? I'm not going to get into it. But hey, if Nick Bosa wants to go celebrate with a beer or whatever, as long as it's legal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get after it. My point is, when those two probably meet in the Super Bowl, I would never count the Chiefs out because of Mahomes and Kelsey. And Kelsey was fantastic. You know, he had five catches. Doesn't sound like a lot, but for 75 yards, two touchdowns, and some Im- yeah. important some important moments in first downs and things like that. He was fantastic, but really, we know his brother won the day. I am never going to count them out, but Lamar in the second half, who was just fantastic, he was good in the first half. He was 16-22 to 22 for 152 overall, but he had, in the second half, he just took control. Yeah. Two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns in that game. Lamar Jackson was the story, but they also played great defense. So you've got you got Patrick Mahomes, who's kind of the story, too. They don't play defense quite as well as Baltimore, but they also have Kelsey, who is really dangerous. I think the matchup's really good. I think it's going to be hard to beat the Ravens in Baltimore. I, I think so. Um, I think that we're finally reaching a point with Lamar Jackson, too, where the whole team is really um, being cohesive. Yes, yes, very trusting of him, and they're, they're more cohesive, right? Yeah. Like, he, he was able to put the ball where it needed to be, but also just a guy like him that's able to stop on a dime and yeah. change direction so fast – that's the ultimate game changer for me is the, the when he's out in space, he's just so tough to stop. And I, I, when I say tough, when I try to say trust in him, Lamar had a tendency to go sometimes try to win games on his own, and yeah. then he would make mistakes or mm-hmm. errors. Try and then there's Superman plays. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. And I just see, much like golf, and I think golf's a little bit in this thing too, is in, in just me, and maybe it's just me, and again, 918-262-5072, that's our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. I see a guy, it feels to me like his team trusts more, and I think the same thing in Detroit. Look at Goff, and I go back to the quote, I said this earlier, well, actually, you know what, I'll do it on the way, on the, when we come back, because we we're up against a break here, but Jared Goff said something before the game to an interviewer that I thought was really interesting and then I paid attention once we started, once the game started, 
and and what he said, you know, okay, if he's if if what he's saying is true to him, which is you know, it was just an an attitude thing, if you will, really to me carried over. But I'd love to have your opinions on who you think will win these games. We got Kansas City, Baltimore Sunday at five at two. Pardon me, Detroit and Frisco Sunday at five thirty. Both should be great games, really great games. I don't know that there's going to be a blowout. I sure hope there's not. Who you who you picking? What do you think? What's the most you know, interesting of the of the group? And I want to tell you about this Jared Goff part and get your opinions on Lamar Jackson too, because I don't know about you. I just had that feeling. I, I just saw him and I saw in my mind a different player. Nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. That's in Rodney Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Oh, and later t- later in this hour, we got to get into Rodney Terry, the Texas coach, because we just got to you know. We got to point a finger here. It's going to happen, I promise you. All that to come right here on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz text line is always open. 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The first edition of the Red River Rivalry will be tomorrow night as 15th-ranked Oklahoma hosts Texas at the LNC at 6 o'clock. The Sooners are coming off a 69-65 victory at Cincinnati. Javon McCollum had 16, Otega Owe added 14, and Jalen Moore added 9 points and 10 rebounds. Tomorrow night, the Oklahoma State Cowboys will host the TCU Horned Frogs in GIA. That one with an 8 o'clock tip and 7 o'clock pregame here on the Blitz. The Cowboys lost by 4 at Kansas State on Saturday as they moved to 0-5 in the Big 12. Eric Daly Jr. led the team with 15 points, this time off the bench, as Connor Dow from Broken Arrow took his place. And the Tulsa Golden Hurricane won't play again until Saturday when they have a road trip at Saturday, uh, at Rice for a 7 o'clock tip. That one with a 6.30 pregame on Big Country 99.5. The Golden Hurricane are coming off a blowout loss at SMU 103-70. P.J. Haggerty once again led Tulsa in scoring with 19 points. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Love to have you do that. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma. Text line weigh in on these games. I know you're probably busy getting to work, and I get it. It's still not great out there in some places. Parking lots are going to be tough, and, and certainly one of the biggest things you have to worry about is just walking to your car if it's outside, your sidewalks, your uh, I don't know about you, Bryce and I, and, and both of us, the sidewalks this morning, mine and my driveway was ice. Oh, so yeah. I, my driveway's got a slight um, tilt to it, and the car I'm driving is in the is in the driveway or in the garage. So I come out of there really slowly because we also have cars parked outside, and the last thing you want to do is slide into one of your own cars. Mm-hmm. The insurance company frowns on that, uh, right? and so will you when you get the bill. So just be careful out there, and if you're out there just to throw out ice melt, that's cool too, but watch that step. Toss it where you're going to step first because it ain't easy. I, I promise you. It's 817 Blitz 1170. Okay, I want to talk about what's going to come up uh, in, a, in a moment out, uh, the, or this afternoon on the show with Pop and Colby. Pat Cross from Muskogee Nation is going to be on. First of all, I want to go back, and, and I mentioned I thought Lamar Jackson looking different. He completed passes to eight different players. Flowers had five for 41. Um, Bateman had three for t- 39. Likely had three for 24. Aguilar four for 12, Beckham one for 12, Hill two, pardon me, two for 11, Kolar, you mentioned Charlie Kohler, one for four, and Edwards two for for minus one. So, okay, some of those guys didn't produce a lot, but that's eight different receivers he found and checked down to. And he gets Andrews back more than likely this week, 
more than likely. He was close, we thought, on this weekend. He didn't play. If you get Andrews back, that just adds to it. So I think that alone proves that you're looking at a different guy. The number of times he went to different people, the number of times he checked down, the number of guys he spread the ball around. Now, to be honest, if you look over at the Texans, seven different receivers for C.J. Stroud, and that's good. But I just that's a, that's a different Lamar Jackson to me. I just thought he looked like a better player. Yeah, he's been able to trust multiple guys, and especially when you look at that running back room. You know, not having J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. this year and being able to dump off to guys uh, like Edwards and Justice Hill, who we're familiar mm-hmm. with. I think just shows a lot of maturity on his part. And by the way, Justice Hill was fantastic. Yeah, you know the oh, Oklahoma yeah. Stater was fantastic. Uh, he looked the part of a feature back. Mm. He ran hard. He ran through tackles. He he was he did a great job vision finding yes. holes. And the Texans, they did a nice job blocking the Texans. But still, they got here for a reason, and that's still a pretty good football team. And I thought Justice played just played lights out. Now to the point about golf. Jared Goff had told one of the interviewers before the game that last week when they came out at Ford Field, which was a great atmosphere, and it was this time too, you know, the Lions hadn't hosted a home playoff game in forever and all this kind of thing, and they host the game, and he comes out and they're chanting his name. Now, some guys would bask in it. Some guys would be embarrassed by it. He said, he told the, I've never heard somebody say this, he told the interviewer, it calmed me down. Mm. And, and that's an interesting response. Now, if you're a guy like Jared Goff, who has a history of being a good player who fails in big moments, and I'm, maybe I'm wrong. You can yell at me if I am. That's what he means. That's what he's meant to me, or that's what I think of him as. A guy's a good, solid player. I watch him. I think, all right, nice player. Kirk Cousins to me. Mm-hmm. But he's going to, in big moments, not come through. And to me, that's kind of what he has been. Well, if you look at him yesterday, different guy completely yeah. different guy. He was that way kind of last week. It, if It's interesting that the band's chanting his name calmed him. Now, is that because he's unsure and that gave him confidence? I don't know. Whatever it is, it worked. Because if you watched Jared Goff yesterday, I saw a different player. I saw a guy who was confident. He never looked confused. His checkdowns, his patience in, in, in making some tight window throws, his anticipation in some of those – were throws that I'm not sure he would have pulled the trigger on before or might have put the ball in danger. And his team, you know, everybody looks at a quarterback, you get that, but his team looked more comfortable with him to me. And maybe I'm reading a lot into it, but I saw two players, Lamar Jackson and Jared Goff, who I thought were different guys this weekend. Well, Goff was able to find, you know, St. Brown on a lot of, you know, to tight passes, able to use Jameer Gibbs very mm-hmm. effectively where, you know, just dump it off to Gibbs and let him do what he can do in space. I, I think that what's really important to see, too, is that, you know, you talked about some guys would maybe gain a little bit more confidence mm-hmm. uh, from getting their name chanted. I, I would worry that a guy like him who's had his past, the kind of past that he's had, would worry about the pressure overcoming him you know when you have your fans chanting your name and you're playing for a franchise that mm-hmm. has been exceeding expectations has been new territory that they haven't seen in over 30 years that's where i would worry about is crumbling under that kind but of pressure didn't. and that's the thing is to be yeah. relaxed by that more than anything yeah. is is pretty jaw-dropping it is it is and it's fantastic you know and baker mayfield was good it's the two interceptions yeah. especially the late one that was costly but that you know that's baker mayfield he's a guy who goes out and slings it he just plays mm-hmm. his game and you want him to. That's how they got there. Let him there. do that. <laughs> yeah, well, well, without him, they don't get here. 
They don't. End no. of story. They don't get here without Baker. And so his future, hopefully, is really, really bright right there. You know, they had such a, a good game, Detroit did, from Montgomery uh, and for everybody. I mean, Jameer Gibbs. The Gibbs touchdown, the one touchdown, was just silly. I mean, they <laughs> hand him the ball, and two guys have the angle. And the free safety's ahead of him. And when he, I don't know about you, but when he hit the angle, I thought, yeah, five-yard line or so, he's going to get yeah, ran out of bounds. Out. Yep. Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, suddenly, it just somebody flipped the switch, and he went, and he was gone. It looked like he turned on the burners, but not enough to make it all the way to the pylon, right? <laughs> My wife looked at him and goes, he doesn't look like he's running that fast. As you'll notice, the other guys who were not catching him, I mean, <laughs> he does make it look really easy. You know, but with him being well, I mean, Montgomery's more of your big dude, I get it, but with him being well... And he rounds them out fairly nicely. Yeah, they're they're a good balance there. And a lot of people were unsure about him getting drafted as high as he did mm-hmm. and thought with what you have when you have David Montgomery, why are you getting this sort of scat back that should be lower in the draft? I mean, he's been fitting in very nicely. I think we just saw why. Yeah. And if you look at, you know, I mean, I understand Tyree Kill's a different guy because he's a wideout, but you find a guy like this who can do a lot of different things, and he didn't have a lot of catches or anything yesterday. He carried it nine times for 74 yards. And it came to catches. He had four four receptions for 40 yards. I mean, that's still 10 yards of play, oh, yeah. and he averaged almost seven yards a carry. You put that together, and he creates somebody else you've got to pay attention to. And I just I, I think it was a really good story. Now, even better story would be if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, but I know that even saying that, even uttering that, will make Poplin mad. <laughs> so I'm going to try to stay away from that, Jeremy, and not not get into that. Although they're still the best story. Yeah, you know, without you see, a doubt. You see the 85 year old dude who got his playoff ticket, and they had a they had one of the networks. Hell, I can't remember which one I was watching, but one of the pregame shows actually had an interview with that guy. You know, the one with the 50-year ticket, the season ticket holder, yeah. or the 85-year-old. He said season tickets is 50-something. You know, I mean, he's been there forever. And, and you watched him, and you see those fans and what they've been through through the years and the the Barry Sanders year when they get there, but they can't. And then you think, and, and it, was the, you know, it, was the, it was Tampa who did it to him, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at this team and you think, how can you not – how can you not? If you have a favorite, if you're a Chiefs fan, I get it. If you don't have a favorite in this, how can you not be enamored by their story? Oh, I know. And they caught up with one fan uh, after the game last week, I believe, who was crying. And, oh, and, yeah. And they, and they said uh, his dad actually helped build Ford Field, you know? So it's like, think about how much that meant for him. Seeing Aiden Hutchinson uh, yesterday, yes. you know, who's a native of, of Michigan. Yeah. And, you know, he was just sitting there basking. Uh, just in all its glory after the mm-hmm. game because he grew up going to those games and probably went through some really tough stages yep. <laughs> as a Lions fan growing up. So it's it's just really cool to see all the different backstories to this. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, th- th- you think about the Saints and them wearing the bags and the Aints and that kind of yeah. stuff and everybody doing that. And the way they, mm-hmm. you know, in Detroit, and I, I remember watching a game there one time. It was a late afternoon NFL game. And they and this has happened before in the NFL, but the camera shifts over and the dude's asleep in his seat. <laughs> because that, those were the Lions. Yeah. You know, it's easy so, to do that. I, I know. I don't want to utter it into existence because Jeremy will be mad at me, but mm-hmm. they are a fantastic story. All right, speaking of Jeremy, he what a fantastic get today. Pop and Colby today on the show between 3 and 6, we're going to talk to Pat Crofts. He is the Muskogee Nation Gaming Enterprises CEO. All right, why are they talking to him? Because you heard the the, the announcement over the weekend that River Spirit is going to take what used to be their buffet, which is that really big glassed area. If you're just driving by on Riverside, 
right after the big loop where you can go in and park and do valet parking, you know, right if you come out of that and turn right and go right by the parking garage, there is that big glass area. That is the old buffet. It closed during COVID, of course, and it never reopened because casinos, although they used to have the monster buffets and some still do, it's not as much of what they do anymore, right? The $1.99 steak and eggs thing is really kind of in the rearview mirror. And those giant buffets for not a lot or on Fridays with fish and seafood a, a ton, mm. those are kind of a, kind of in the rearview mirror for a lot of people. So they've left that there. And we'd always heard they wanted to build a sports book there, but sports gambling is still illegal right now in Oklahoma. I say right now because I think we all know it's going to change. It's going to change everywhere. Well, they made the announcement they're going to build what they call the Gridiron Sports Bar and Lounge. So this is going to be a massive area. Think one of the biggest areas you've ever seen when it comes to that. If you've ever been to Live by Lowe's in Dallas, it's going to be a little bit like that. They're going to have what they call a giant screen TV, and I don't know how big it's going to be, but if it's anything like Live by Lowe's, that thing's got to be 80, 90 feet wide. I mean, it's ridiculously big. Then they're going to have another, I think they said uh, 54 TVs around it, and those aren't going to be little. A uh, 157-seat bar. They're going to have two top golf suites, the Gridiron Sports Bar and the lounge itself, a VIP lounge, and they're also going to spend $17.5 million to do it. Oof. So this is going to be, and it's going to be open by July. Yeah. So this is going to be a big, 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 big deal. River Spirit is doing what they should, and that's getting ready for when we get sports gambling and sports book in Oklahoma which one day the tribes and the governor or the next governor or whatever, I think will get settled because again, look around us, it's happening in other places. And yes, I know that if you do it at a, you know, at a location like this, that the state isn't getting all that. I understand that, but it's still money staying. Yeah. And I, I think that's still important. You know, the tribes, they do some things for the community that are pretty good too. Mm-hmm. And anything they can do like that to make it things better, I think is good at any rate. We know that, that this is going to be legal at some point. Yeah. And so trying to do everything you can to at least keep some of that money in and around Oklahoma, I think, is important. So they're going to talk about it, and Pat will explain to Jeremy and, and Pop, I'm sure, or to Pop and Colby, I'm sure, a little bit about what they're going to do, the timeline, some things they're most excited about. And I'm sure they're probably going to ask the question, how close do you think we are? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I I know people who absolutely believe that sports gambling is the devil and believe that as soon as it starts, the world's going to end and all those things. I'm not making fun. I just know people who really believe that it's the worst thing ever. And, of course, I know people who cannot wait for it to get here. And I've always been this middle-of-the-road guy. I'm not going to ever tell you what to do. You do what you want. You need to be smart. Yeah. And I think that some of the, you know, some people are worried about, well, you can't trust others it's not my place to trust others. It's my place to hope they do the right thing, take care of my own life. And, you know, if somebody needs help as a gambler, you see that they have the options. Not that I know that, you know, it's something that works necessarily. I don't have a clue. I just know there are people who don't like it and people who love it. I just don't know where we're going to land when it finally happens and if there's going to be that great hue and cry. I think personally, just at least I feel like we've kind of moved to a point where people are like, all right, it's going to happen. Yeah. And they're not thinking about it. I would love to hear from you, though. 918-262-5072. And this is something I can only tell you what I have a feeling about. I need you to tell me how you feel. Is sports gambling in Oklahoma, is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Do you care? 
Is it not, you know, is it not on your radar? It's just not something you're going to worry about. I would like to know how you feel. I truly would. 918-262-5072. There's going to be either way as this comes to a vote, if and when it comes to a vote or if there's just an agreement, it's going to be one of those measures that everybody's going to fall on one side or the other. I personally am not against it because I'm against you being able to decide what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, But does it concern me at some point? I know that there are going to be people who can't control things, but we already have casinos. It, it, it concerns you like most vices yeah. would, right? I mean, well, I don't know. I'm not going to call it a vice because, and I like that. I know that's. You think it can be? Probably, you know, but I, I don't want to label that. I hate doing that. I think mm. that's that's just not something I like doing. But I, but we already have gambling. Yeah. We already have casinos. So if somebody was going to go blow money, they already have the chance. Now, is it the same as betting on a game? Probably not, because we know we've heard of the Barclays of the world and guys like that, and even Jordan, who dropped huge amount of money on games, who can kind mm-hmm. of afford to. Not everybody can. But I'm not here to legislate your morality. I'm just here to say what is good or best for the state, what is not as an overall. Because in the end of the day, this is still about what's best for the whole, not the one. Right. So is that what's best? I But I have to hear from you because all I know is what I think. At 918-262-5072, I know this has got to in, inspire a little passion in somebody. Mm-hmm. Let us know on your Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. All right, a couple things to remind you about. Number one, if you go to that Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, 918-262-5072, you can, first of all, send us a comment, which I want you to do. Secondly, though, if you'll text Tulsa to that, we're going to sign you up to win a pair of tickets to see TU and Wichita State classic college basketball matchup January 31st, nine days from now, at the Reynolds Center at 6 o'clock. Just text Tulsa, 918-262-5072. And remember, when the Oilers are home, you get a chance to skate on the ice with the players after any Sunday home game. It's called Sunday Fun Day. You can bring your skates, you can rent some, whatever you'd like, and you can get out there and skate with the players on the ice after any Sunday Oilers home game right here. Thank you to the Tulsa Oilers and the Blitz. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The fifth-ranked Oklahoma State wrestling team beat the 16th-ranked Oregon State Beavers yesterday 27-9. It was the Pokes' first home duel in over a month. They now move to 8-0 on the season. The Detroit Lions stay alive after a 31-23 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They'll advance to just their second NFC Championship game in franchise history. Jared Goff threw for 287 yards, two touchdowns, one of which to Monroe St. Brown, who had eight catches for 77 yards. Former OU quarterback Baker Mayfield threw for 349 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Kansas City is right back in familiar territory after a 27-24 win over Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes threw for 215 yards, two touchdowns. Isaiah Pacheco was quite the workhorse on the ground, 97 yards rushing on 15 attempts and a touchdown for himself. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This 
This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We do. Right here at 837 on the Blitz 1170. He is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. Our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line is 918-262-5072. As I said, make sure to tune in this afternoon. 3-6, Pop and Colby for Pat Cross from the Muskogee Nation. What a big announcement. I, I just, just as a fan alone... To go out and sit in that atmosphere. Now, every fan group in America, well, in Tulsa, is going to want that for their watch party. Yeah. And as I said, you've got you've got you know watch parties for college. I get it. But then you have the Packer backers are here, and the Steeler watch parties are here. I know they have places around town they meet. You know. So I just wonder how many are going to crowd into there, and as big as the place is going to be, and with the number of televisions, even though there's one big one. One huge one, that is, because they're all going to be big. How many are already trying to contact the Muskogee Creek Nation? Hey, I want to set aside a place oh, yeah. for my group. <laughs> and that would be the fun thing about being out there. That first, you know, I mean, it's going to be ridiculously crowded, but that's kind of the fun of it, too, is being in a room with all those people. You, you do have to make sure, of course, that we're all controlled, if you will. But, mm. you know, we don't want a, a Caitlin Clark, Iowa stort, a court storming <laughs> incident. But it would sure, God, it just sure, I just get this picture in my mind of what that's going to be like. Well, yeah, because I just think about, as you mentioned earlier, with Texas Live and how the similarities there. And, you know, when I, when I was there uh, with Colby just before the Big 12 championship, just seeing, I think it was the Seattle game that was going mm. on and how many Seattle fans there yeah. that were there. You know, it's just... Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy to see that no matter what the fan base is, you're always going to find them anywhere across the country. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just going to be. I, I cannot wait, and and I, I'm sure they'll ask that. I mean, hey, did you guys go look at Texas Live? Is it going to be a little like that? There yeah. are other venues around America that are like this. Sure. Uh, but this one, being the size, it's going to be with the two top golf suites and you name it. I mean, it's just really fun. All right, here at eight thirty nine on the Blitz eleven seventy, kind of getting back into the uh, weekend we had in, in the NFL football. I, I saw a stat that I thought was really interesting. Can you name me the quarterbacks who have taken two different franchises to championship games this century? Now, I, I, and, and to be honest here, we, I always put Bryce in uncomfortable situations because he doesn't know these things, and I yeah. see the stat because I wouldn't have gotten this. I would have gotten a couple of them, and I would have been wrong on one that I would have guessed that's not in this group. All right, so quarterbacks, quarterbacks who have taken two different franchises – to championship games this century, um, uh, Peyton Manning, yes, and Brett Favre, two. That's two. Uh, was was there more than two? Mm-hmm. Oh, how, I didn't how, say how, two. Oh, okay. Um, there, are, there are five. Five. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, those are the first two that came to mind. So, mm-hmm. and those are the first two I thought of too. <laughs> um, gosh. You're missing one really obvious one. Really obvious Who one. Who didn't retire long ago. Oh, Brady. Right. Yeah, There's um, three. <laughs> trying to think, trying to think about just Super Bowls. Uh, we're going to be here all day, Rick. And these are, off. these are championship games, so it's conference championship right. right now. It could be that too. Kurt Warner and Jared Goff. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jared, Kurt Warner, man. Right at the beginning too. Yep. With yep. the Rams. Yep. And mm-hmm. Jared Goff. Yeah. That Jared Goff joins that list. Gosh. Now, think what you will about Warner, because his career was pretty widely 
documented all the way from Arena Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were he had his moment was as good as there was in the league, and he won a Super Bowl. So yeah. forever, he's that guy. I don't think any of us believe Kurt Warner is Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Brett Favre. But he's still that guy that won a Super Bowl. So he's there, right? So Kurt Warner and, and Jared Goff, and I thought that was a fantastic stat. I saw Rich Eisen actually had that stat. That yeah. was, I mean, that's that's a pretty exclusive group that you're going to join right there. And to think that he did that with the Rams. You know, mm-hmm. when we look at Jared Goff's time with the Rams, we, we don't think about any sort of success, right? Yep, we right. just think of it just... Uh, completely running out of gas in his time. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty impressive to see. It is. I, I thought that was a great stat. I saw another one that I'm sure, are, you know, Poplin already knows this, something about the 49ers. If you look at that offense, that starting offense, how many of those guys you think were dra- first-round draft picks? Uh, McCaffrey. Um, how, how many do you think they, first pardon round. me, okay. for they them? first round. Great, because that's a great in, in terms of their offense. On, yeah, and their offense, yeah. Um one. Would it be was Kittle a first rounder? Brian Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, Brandon Ayuk, well, yeah. Was wow. a first rounder. So Purdy, quarterback, last guy drafted. We all know that. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey, yes. Uh, uh, you know, he's an early he's a first round draft pick, but that came by a trade. The fullback is at Jersey, I believe it is, signed as a free agent. Debo Samuel was a second round pick. Ayuk was a first-rounder. Jennings was a seventh-round pick. Kittle was a fifth-round pick. Trent Williams, you know, great player. Oh, yeah. He was a, he was acquired via trade. He was a third and fifth, and they gave up third and fifth for him. Aaron Banks was a second-round pick. Brendel was free agent. Burford was a fourth-rounder, and, and McKivitz was a fifth-round pick. Yes. I mean, when you think about, you know, you think you got to have all stars, and, you know, stars don't hurt. Trust me, those guys did it that way. They did it Shanahan's yeah. way, and they did it the Niners' way. They built. They got the right guys. They put the right pieces, and then they got lightning in a bottle with Purdy. Because as, as, as though he played three quarters of average football, in the final drive he was 6-7, and the only, drop, the only incompletion was a drop by Kittle. He was nails down the stretch, and another person who never, never looks rattled. No. And, and it certainly helps with that kind of ensemble, right? And to think that only one of them was a first-round pick, from them at least. Yep. That's pretty incredible to see. It is. I That was something. And I, this this note, too, that I saw on Saturday or Sunday, the man whose name is on O'Brate Stadium passed away over the weekend. Yeah. Cecil O'Brate gave $35 million toward O'Brate Stadium, and he died over the weekend, which is, I mean, you know, when you have donors like Boone, Pickens. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like others pale, but this guy didn't. And he seemed, I didn't know him. I'd never met him. But in some of the things I've read about him, he just looks like the most average guy, but sounds like the world's best guy and obviously cared deeply about Oklahoma State baseball yeah. as he gave the $35 million for that. And I saw a lot of uh, really nice tributes to him over the weekend, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to see, uh, you know, obviously a very traditional program that OSU baseball yeah. is, but to put them in a position to have really the best facility in college baseball yeah. was all thanks to him. Yep. So, Yeah, and along those same notes, and this is just a note for us in our business, if, if you've done this a long time, and obviously I have, there are people you get familiar with in, in, in the business, and one of those was Larry Zimmer. 
Larry was a Colorado um, guy. He was the Colorado Buffaloes and Broncos play-by-play guy for a long time. Did a little bit what Dan Dan Hort is doing right now in Cincinnati. He was another friend and in broadcasting the Bearcats and the Bengals. And he passed away. Larry died. Larry was a guy. I got to know him a little bit. I was actually listening one night. I had done a Talons game in Amarillo. And it's early. I think it was season one, actually, uh, that I was that I joined them, which for me was 2000, oh, probably right at 2000. Yeah. Okay. In that range. And the first year I joined them. And I'm driving back by myself overnight from Amarillo. And I'm tuning in any radio station I can find, which if you're my age, you used to do that. You know, you'd grab your AM radio because that signal can really travel and you'd flip it around and you'd find places like this. This signal 1170, this signal goes all over the country. Now, with more and more radio stations out there, it, you got a little bit more difficulty here. But it was you could hear it in most of the nation at night, especially. And I would it was always easy to get KOA in Denver and some of the Denver stations because of their height you know, in the way that that signal broadcast. Yeah. And I caught Larry doing a game late at night, and I was in, and I, I'd heard of him before, but didn't know him very well, or didn't know him. And I got did get a chance to meet him and be around him when we covered the convention in 2012, I believe it was, uh, maybe an eight. No, the, the Obama convention in Denver. Um, we covered the convention there, was there for a week, and Larry was there with his radio guys. He wasn't doing any convention coverage. He was just there. And I got a chance to meet him, and I knew who he was and had a great had an opportunity to have a conversation with him, which was great. He was an absolute icon and another guy who, you know, those kinds of guys, you know, Eli Gold is moving on in age and some of those guys. And a guy like him, boy, I tell you, that is a tough loss for the business. Those are the people who taught us all many years ago how to do what we do. And uh, God bless you, Larry and his family, because that's that's a tough loss for them. It's 847 on the Blitz 1170. All right, when we come back, we're going to close it up. And when we do, <laughs> we're going to tell you why Rodney Terry's full of it. He's the Texas head coach. And if you hear, if you see another meme of him and then a crying baby, we're going to tell you exactly why that's going to happen. In the meantime, I want to tell you one more time about Triad Eye Institute's $3,600 LASIK special because we are really close to that running out. The $3,600 special ends at the end of January. Now, I know I told you it ended at the end of December. Well, that's what I thought. They got with us in the end of December. I got an email from them that said, look, we're really busy. We're behind because a lot of scheduling when it comes to being difficult at the holidays. And I hadn't thought of this. Many insurance plans changed January 1, and they were trying to make sure they allowed that to happen. So, you know what? We're just going to go on through January, which is what they've done. And so this special is now going to go through January, but it's going to end at the end of January. End of story. It might come back. I can't tell you. But I know that right now LASIK is $3,600, and I know that right now it's the least amount it will ever be. It will never be less at Triad. It will be more but it will not be less. Now, a couple of things you need to know. First of all, it's for LASIK. That is the most performed eye surgery in America. It's what most people need. If you need it, well, then you already know. If you don't know if you need it, you can get a free screening in Pryor, McAllister, Bartlesville, Grove, Muskogee, Tulsa, Claremore, any of those places. Your surgery is done here with fellowship-trained cornea expert Dr. Ryan Conley. You also need to know that they have 0% financing available. You can give that a try. Look, I'm telling you, it's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself. I've had eye surgery at Triad. Painless, fast, easy, simple. That's all there is to it. Painless, fast, easy, and you can see again. Is it worth it? Yes. 918-252-2020. 918-252-2020. Call that number 
and see more of your life again with Triad Eye Institute. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Dan Patrick. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tomorrow night, the Oklahoma State Cowboys will host the TCU Horned Frogs in GIA. That one with an 8 o'clock tip and 7 o'clock pregame here on the Blitz. The Cowboys lost by four at Kansas State on Saturday as they moved to 0-5 in the Big 12. Eric Daly led the team with 15 points. The first edition of the Red River Rivalry will be tomorrow night at the Lloyd Noble Center as 15th-ranked Oklahoma hosts Texas. The Sooners are coming off a 69-65 victory at Cincinnati. Javion McCollum had 16, Otega Owe added 14, and Jalen Moore had 9 points and 10 rebounds. And the Tulsa Golden Hurricane won't play again until Saturday when they have a road trip at Rice for a 7 o'clock tip. That one with a 6.30 pregame over on Big Country 99.5. The Golden Hurricane are coming off a blowout loss at SMU 103-70. P.J. Haggerty once again led Tulsa in scoring with 19 points. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Love to have you do that. It's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma. Text line here on the Blitz 1170. Bryce Sauce, Rick Corey, closing it up. Remember, tune in this afternoon to the show with Pop and Colby. Sometime between 3 and 6, they're going to have Pat Cross from the Muskogee Nation, the Yamey Enterprises CEO. Talk about what they're going to do out there, which is a gigantic gridiron sports bar and lounge that should open July 24th. It'll not only be cool to begin with, but it'll pave the way, hopefully, to have them ready for sports betting when it happens. And I say when because I think it will here in Oklahoma. All right, a couple of notes before we go. Uh, Taylor Swift got booed yesterday at Highmark Stadium. She got out of the car. Of course. <laughs> Bills fans booed her. But it was kind of... It was kind of, of, of I don't know. It, I didn't. Like I didn't, friendly? Yeah, like I, to, didn't, I didn't get any hatred in it. I just got the, or, you know, the other guy. What you got to do, right? Yeah, because, you know, Jason Kelsey, who I said owned the night. I mean, the the Bills, you know, didn't win. Kansas City did. But the real winner was Jason Kelsey. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's pounding beers with his shirt off. He's jumping out of the luxury boxes to go pound beers. He goes out and sees Bill's Mafia in the parking lot. They don't boo him. They accept him. His brother's yeah. about to go score two touchdowns. They didn't know that at the time. But, you know, he, they they take him in. They're doing shots with him. Yeah, he got to live a little. He did. And then he jumps out. And, and ridiculous, I mean, the biggest deal is the way he jumped back in that window. Because he jumps out of that window, and it's at least three and a half, four feet down. And that dude's 270, 275, 200, whatever he is. He grabbed the top of that thing and jumped back in that window like a gymnast. Athlete. It's it was silly how, how easy he made that look. And when he was standing there, I thought, well, how's he going to do that? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's how. <laughs> when you look at an offensive lineman and think, I can do that. No, you can't. No, no. They can do those oh, things, yeah. and we can't do those things. Then he jumps out and goes and gets a little girl who was enamored that Taylor Swift was up there, carries her to the window. She gets to inter- interact with Taylor Swift and then takes her back to her family. <laughs> Now, I'm assuming the mom knew what was going on, but imagine you just hand your kid to a lumberjack with no yeah. shirt and a beer. Uh, what's going on here? In a, in a, in a 30-degree game or below that with snow. That's, yeah. yeah. That says Buffalo, doesn't it? All right, I, I mentioned Rodney Terry, the Texas coach. Tell him what happened. So Rodney Terry, we all remember um, after the UCF game, he was very upset about their horns down towards the stands, said it was classless, and he said one quote in particular. He said, you know, we don't jump up and down and act like we won a national championship. Well, in this past weekend's game, 
as they hosted Baylor. Tyrese Hunter goes coast to coast at the end of the game when it's tied to get the layup at the buzzer. And uh, some people caught video of him right on the sidelines there jumping up and down before he goes to oh, yeah. give the handshake to Scott Drew. So doing literally exactly what he said they don't do, which mm-hmm. is just, I mean, has anybody had a quicker fall from grace in one week than Roddy Terry? I was a guy who defended him a lot last year and thought, this guy should get the job after that Chris Beard situation. You know, he was in the interim position. He ends up yep. getting the job. That was a really big deal. And now he's just become one of the more hated coaches, I think, in all of college basketball. You know, and I, I still think he does a nice job. Uh, I yeah. do. But that that whole thing was just, it was silly. It was a little childless. I mean, a little classless. Uh, a little childish, pardon me. Not classless. It was a little childish. If, as, as Dan Patrick said, if you don't want him to do horns down, don't do horns up. I mean, hey, come on. Yeah, that's Everybody, a pretty easy switch, right? Yeah, I mean, A&M does this thing. It looks just like a thumb up. They call it gigum, and people will do the thumbs down. Okay, yeah. so? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could tell me you have your, your feelings hurt by that. Now, if if you want them to not do it during the line, you can say that to the coach, I suppose. But then whining about it and then continuing to whine about it in your, in your post game, And then you know what's going to happen when your team wins a game like they did. And that's a good win. That was a a really good win. win. I watched the end of that game, too. That's a really good win. Then, yeah, it's okay to celebrate. Now, if you storm the court and knock down Caitlin Clark, no. That's a different (laughs) monster. That's another issue we got to talk about. Yeah, at some point. I mentioned Ken Niamatololo has his new job. He's the San Jose State head coach. We're all asking the question, are they going to run the option or what? And trust me, I'm sure fans out there are asking the same thing because he coached at Navy, and that's all we saw him do. That's how we're going to, you know, maybe we all feel. And, you know, before we leave, I got to ask you, did you see, we saw the guy with the like four foot sandwich in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Did you see what they did in the Chiefs Bills game? What's that? They introduced something called bad blood waffle fries. Taylor Swift, bad blood, get it? Uh. Two feet of waffle fries, half of it topped with buffalo chicken and blue cheese, half of it topped with Kansas City cattleman's pork barbecue, and then coleslaw and pickles spread on the whole thing. It looks like a two-foot-long hot dog, but it's all waffle fries covered and all that. And they sold it for? 50 bucks. 24 There we go. you, you got to aim high on some of these concessions I know. so it actually look good, right? You talk about buying in. First of all, it's great to do that and call it the bad blood. That's just smart. Yeah. Right? That's all that is. It is Marketing, just folks. smart. i got to tell you. Uh, fun, fun weekend. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Again, listening to this afternoon, uh, Pop and Colby, as Pat Cross from out at River Spirit, Muskogee Creek Nation Gaming Enterprises CEO. And you know they're going to do it at River Spirit. Muskogee Nation has other other casinos, right? What else might they do? I mean, this is a really good – I think it's really interesting and really fun. You're going to be able to talk about it or listen to all the things they're going to plan out there. And we hope, obviously, to be a part of it here at the Blitz 1170. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. Be careful. It's going to probably refreeze again overnight. We'll be with you here again in the morning to kind of let you know how things go. He is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. Coming up next, Dan Patrick, followed by Rich Eisen, and then Pop and Colby with the show. We'll be back here again tomorrow on the Morning Blitz on the Blitz 1170.